Hello everybody, it's Kristen Garth and I'm a little buzzed on champagne tonight because I'm the renovations in my house um, haven't started but the demolition of all the mold is completed and so that's why probably I sound like an echo in my um, writing room where I am right now because everything is stripped down. I don't have any furniture in here and it's concrete walls but um, <laughs> It still feels good that like a big portion of the you know process has been completed and my house is like healthy now so that's that's a good feeling and so I'm kind of celebrating the Halloween season for the first time even though I've been trying to do it in my own ways with my with my um, journal by publishing a lot of every day I've been publishing a haunted poem and making a little graphic for that and that's really been the only thing that's kept me in the Halloween spirit which is really nice um, because I love Halloween and it's not been you know like I said it's been kind of a distracting time so work has really been the savior for me and so tonight I'm going to read some Halloween poems for you um, that I've written and um, the first one I'm going to read is called Little Witches, and it's based on a um, Justin O'Neill um, painting or watercolor that I have a print of in my house. Still didn't, it didn't get ruined, thankfully, but it um, is two little witches that are looking at a um, church, and they don't... Um, they're trying to figure out, you know, um, it's been burned down and, and they're like celebrating it. And I guess my point is I, for the prompt, I was trying to figure, I was giving myself a prompt of trying to figure out, you know, what they were celebrating about this church being burned down. And so I kind of, it's a poem about revenge. Little witches, we will race her sisters there past gargoyles down a swiveled silver stair. One who rides its rail, body of snake, chiseled coil to marble tongue will take the lead then chide the rest, a mob with matches in pockets of each prairie dress. Onyx bonnets, flush of cheeks, midnight mission, her hair in lockets, memorializing meek, beats breast that rush toward revenge. Inside the place she met her end, the chapel of malevolence, where orphans kneel and cast off smocked rosettes. Perversions ritualized as reverence. What some name this place is not our concern. It is only evil little witches burn. And so <laughs> I, you know, having grown up and had a lot of bad experiences that were based in a um, puritanical, you know, ecclesiastical culture, you know, I definitely um, related to the Little Witches and what I would think um, they might be celebrating, you know, in burning down the church. And that would be like the end of abuse because, you know, it does so much terrible damage for so long to so many people. And um, anyway, I'm going to read some more Halloween poems. Um, this one's called So Much Darker. And it's actually based on um, the Adams Family Values. There's a scene where Morticia is um, 
is rocking her baby because um, you know all these things are going wrong in their life but their idea of wrong is what maybe conventional people would think of as good or um, beautiful and so like she wakes up and her baby who you know her dark-haired um, baby has you know blonde hair and she's and rosy cheeks and just you know a happy persona and you know instead of the typical Adam's misery that you know they enjoy so um she's very you know oh something's terribly wrong and it would be like you know if she found her baby you know a typical person suffering or you know very very ill anyway and um she like um I wrote this poem based on that so much darker you're so much darker than your hair a shock of sunshine, their Victorian nightmare. A blonde who's born of chestnut schemes. She's locked into wall and left to scream. This brutal band, her lineage, lechery. Lemon stitch and bleakest tapestry. Relative, her familiar fears. Mascara tears bewitched beneath art deco chandeliers. Ardor to prune, remove the bloom. These thorns require abundant room. Their daisy only once you're dead. Morbid, maternal wish prior to bed. Black lace, embrace of succubus. Her lullaby, black walnut rocking chair prayer. You're so much darker than your hair. And just to give you a little, um, story kind of about my relation to this is that um I'm you know I have like black hair now but you know I dye it and I used to have but growing up I mean when I was a little little girl I had very red like um starry blonde hair but it was you know more red and um and uh so and then as I got older my hair got really dark and it was like a dark auburn like if I was out on a bright sunny day it would look um, more auburn, but if I was in just normal lighting, you would say dark brown. And um, anyway, um, all my life I had that. And then, you know, people go through like different weird phases of their life where they um, like de depression, I would say manifest in different ways. And like how some people depression would manifest that they would um, dye their hair like black and wear goth clothing. <laughs> I was the opposite where when I went through a depression, I um, dyed my hair blonde, like platinum blonde, and went through, I think, a kind of, um, uh, you know, weirdly, you know, trying to fit into some kind of weird societal norm, like a, a Stepford wife kind of phase. And, um, and uh, I, like on the outside, to some people, like where I live, which is very um, Southern and, um, kind of old-fashioned place I probably look like at the one time of my life like I was the most fitting in but I was the most unhappy I'd ever been and um, it really took until I wasn't writing at this time and when I started writing my friend Ingrid I um, was one of my first friends that I met online and I um, still had the blonde hair at that moment but I was really really knew that, you know, this was not me and I was trying to be somebody I was not. 
And so I um, just forced, you know, like through a conversation with her, just said, I'm going to change it, you know, and she's like, do it, you know, just encourage me to be myself. And I always will appreciate that. But it was, um, you know, uh, I, like immediately some things in your life you can do where you change your outer appearance to be who you are and it just course corrects your life, you know, like you just, because you have to look at yourself in the mirror when you're, you don't even recognize yourself and you, you know, you like what you look like. It's not even your ideal. It's somebody else's ideal and you're doing a, like your impersonation of it. It's just a very, um, I don't know, you know, a dehumanizing feeling. So to finally be, um, you know, look in the mirror and feel like I was myself, even if to other people they're like, whoa, you know, because I got a lot of reactions when I did it to go from platinum blonde to, uh, you know, like noir black, you know, <laughs> like hair. It's, it's a big difference. I mean, it's like the most extreme thing you can do as to your hair, you know, coloring. So I, you know, I got a lot of, you know, old Southern ladies like, whoa, what did you do? You know, just worried for me, like in the way that probably should have been worried about me when I went blonde, you know, but nobody was because they didn't think of, you know, depression as blonde, but depression is any is being, you know, like not being able to be yourself, you know, and not feeling like yourself. And I definitely was not myself when I was blonde, you know, and I mean, nothing against people being blonde, but that just was not me. And I was that way for years. I, I did it for probably, I think like three or four, four years. So, um, you know, it's just, it's way, it's wild to me now, you know, because, you know, I, like, I don't know. I mean, even not to say that I don't struggle with depression still, and I definitely do. And I take medication in fact, but it's a lot, um, I feel like myself, you know, if I don't look in the mirror and go, who are you trying to be, you know, because this isn't you. But also, I know it's because I do, I am writing all the time, and that is myself as well, so it's not as simple as hair, but hair can make a huge difference in how you feel about yourself. If you're, if you're living to someone else's standards, you know, that are not your own, it's like, you don't really fully even make the other people in your life happy, but at the same time, you're totally unhappy, you know? So, anyway. Um, I'm going to read another witch poem that I wrote, and it's from this book that I wrote, The Stakes, which needs I um, is supposed to come out with um, APEP, um, like maybe next year. Um, so, <laughs> looking forward to that, but... Um, it's called, it's a, it's a book that I wrote that's about, um, women being burned at the stake, but it's also about my own experiences with arson and being, um, a topless dancer in the South and dealing with, like, violence against women and, um, just puritanical, patriarchal anger and fire as a weapon against women. So it's, <laughs> it's not a... Not a cheery book, but anyway, it ha deals with a lot of um, figures in history, as well as you know the um, like um, 
my own stories and the story of um, Jessica Chambers, who was burned alive in Mississippi. And um, I was really fortunate this year to, um, one of the poems from it was nominated for Best of the Net by um, Taco Bell Quarterly. And um, it was a poem that was about Jessica Chambers' last meal, which was at Taco Bell, and the way that um, uh, people online talked about that meal because, you know, um, in a real judgmental way because she was a victim of poverty and, you know, she also, you know, had a very complicated dark life with um, struggles of drugs and drug dealing and dealing with dangerous men. And um, anyway, uh, she, you know, her last meal at Taco Bell was paid for by a man that she was sleeping with and everybody kind of referred to it as, you know, you slept with a guy for Taco Bell, and it's like, well, you know, at the same time, um, you know, if you're hungry and you're desperate and, you know, just so much, I mean, her life was so tragic, you know, um, and I definitely can relate of, not that I was ever a victim of poverty, I was, um, you know, growing up, my I came from a more affluent side, but at the same time, like, you know, I came from a very unsafe home, you know, and I think she did too. And there's a lot of things I relate about that. And that's why I ended up stripping and ended up doing the things that I did because um, I was trying to get out of that environment. Like I had money at my disposal if I would deal with a lot of untoward things. But eventually you get to the point where like money isn't worth that. So... Um, I made my own living. But anyway, I want to read this poem that's about um, these... Uh, I read a lot about different... Um, the way that um, women were burned a lot more at the stake than men, you know, and, and burning at the stake or being burned alive is like most, you know... I mean, there's not that any way to die is good, but it's a very, very harsh way to die and, like, torturous beyond, you know... Uh, definitely, um, you know, it's not something you would choose. And it happened to women a lot more for a lot of different reasons. And this is one of the, of the poems about in history in the 1500s and in Trier where um, from, well, I'll just read the poem. <laughs> I go on and on. How afraid to be a woman were you? From two villages in Trier where hundreds disappeared and on mass burnings at the stake, 1588. A coincidence to survive, female, holy flames forsake, innocent enough to reproduce an essential use. Or were you younger than the rest, with little to confess? No hand could torture to a lie, orphaned, broken, and unafraid to die. Did you remain or run away? Afraid of different outcomes another day? In an archbishop's domain, who called the Protestant Jew witch among women in two villages left you too? How afraid to be a woman were you? And so, yeah, like in this story, um, basically in two villages, there were two women left that hadn't been burned in these tiny villages in the 1500s for witchcraft. I mean, you know, 
definitely, um, I am, I just can't even imagine, you know, the fear of, you know, just because of your gender, you know, and, um, I wrote some other poems for this book about Martin Luther, um, you know, who burned a lot of women, and, um, you know, it's just, it, it makes me emotional, it's like almost, I'm actually going to read, well, wait, no, that's not the right one, but anyway, um, oh, I'll read Martin Luther one, and then I'm going to go, but, um, this, because, I just think the misogyny behind this is so, you know, just awful. And I just, it, I can't, it makes me, it's almost hard to, you know, even talk about. A love filter for Martin Luther. There is no compassion to be had for these women. I would burn all of them myself. Martin Luther, who, quote, invade against love filters and incantations, the devil's whores, unquote. If ever lived a man who did require a love filter, no romantic desire, just rapport with womankind, Martin Luther sure comes to mind. A man whose only lust was for the stake, torturing devil's whores until the silence breaks, maybe alone until they could not stand in barrel for immolating incantations within white oak, freckled skin of not just witches, but these women who should burn without empathy. Lutherans learn, Leviticus, that priests may with stones cast criminals out. Left monastery, according to Voltaire, only to convey its cloisters everywhere. And just the ultimate, you know, misogynistic, puritanical story of like a person I think just completely afraid of sexuality female gender and wants to destroy what they you know don't understand you know and anyway <laughs> this has turned into a really dark um true Halloween <laughs> kind of story about witches but um I'm gonna have to get that book published you know <laughs> Like, because it's, I think it's a very important book, and, you know, it's kind of on the back burner right now, but anyway, I mean, just waiting for things, life, you know, the pandemic has done so much, um, damage, even in, like, the literary community, um, people, you know, have to, um, work on projects when they can, and, you know, make harsher economic decisions, and everything else, I mean, it's just, we're going through something, you know, in the world right now. And, um, oh, one thing I would tell you, everybody is if you haven't voted yet, please vote. And if you do, and I'm, you know, send me a message and let me know you did because, you know, it's so important. And as I'm saying, I mean, like the world we're living in, it can, people think, well, what can happen next? I mean, it can always get worse. I mean, you know, there's so many different, um, rights that can be trampled on. So, Anyway, enough lectures, um, but it, grab a, something to cuddle up with, and I'm going to um, take a very hot bath is what I'm going to do because I have a buzz, and <laughs> thank you for listening to my drunken ramblings and poetry tonight, and I am going to try to find <laughs> the, um, oh, here it is, 
I'm gonna speak us out with the theme song. So, good night. Sonnet bedtime treat.